Well, welcome to the coolest Super Tuesday you have ever been a part of here at the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. What in the world is Roger talking about? That this is the coolest, and I mean the absolute coolest, Super Tuesday event. Well, there's a lot going on. Uh, we got some political stuff to talk about, some stuff involving race relations and government quotas and things like that that we need to be mindful of. Because again, I, I firmly believe that we in the body of Christ have the key to racial reconciliation. Now, whether or not it's going to happen in our lifetime, I, short of you know Jesus' return, I don't know that it's going to happen, but we can certainly improve things where we are. And when we take into consideration you know, who Jesus is and who we all are in Christ as people of one spirit, first and foremost, one faith, the rest is just you know different ethnicities, different groups. And you know, let's face it, God's okay with different tribes. I mean, there's 12 tribes of Israel. There are different cultural dif differences and ethnicities. If you trace scripture just from an ethnic background and see how much of Africa played a part in what's going on, remember Egypt. And I mean, there, there's so much more to Christianity than Southern California, Western, white, Christianity. But at the same time, we can't play the exclusivity game and play the race card all the time saying, well, this is better than that and whatever. We are all bound together as one, brothers and sisters, one body of Christ in the spirit of God. So as Christians, it's I think it's important for us to look at things through the lens of scripture when we look at those types of things. And I mentioned that we've got a couple of resources. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Andy Reese is going to join us later in the program to talk about this. Also, Michelle Sanchez is going to join us for a conversation about um, color conscious uh, uh, Christianity, what it means to be in the body of Christ and uh, what it means to be you know, a member of different ethnicities, especially as more and more people are actually having conversations about this type of stuff. And asking the question, you know, whether or not uh, we in the body of Christ are, uh, you know, you know, the, the whole issue of how, how do we follow Jesus and dismantle racism and rebuild our beloved community? Um, that's my conversation with Michelle, Michelle Sanchez coming up this hour. But first, though, we've got a copy of Michelle's book to give away, a couple copies of Andy's book to give away. But today's kind of special because it's a Ticket Tuesday. Now, this coming Thursday... The movie by about the band Casting Crowns is going to hit theaters. It's called Home by Sunday. It's their ministry philosophy that these guys, a lot of Christian bands have had it, but Casting Crowns really had a challenge to do it. Mark Hall and company, you know, Mark was a youth pastor at his church, and the band did really great things and had opportunities to travel literally internationally. But what Casting Crowns did instead was they said, look, we want to make sure that we're home by Sunday. Even if we are coming home on the bus in the wee hours of the morning, uh, Sunday morning, late Saturday night. We don't want our touring schedule to get in the way of our home life, our family life, and we certainly don't want to miss church. And so Casting Crowns, I mean, all these Grammy Awards and Dove Awards, and I mean, they arguably one of the most recognizable Christian bands of the last 20 years. The movie called Home by Sunday is going to be in theaters starting November 30th. We have been working the entire last month with Mark and his team to bring him on the Bottom Line Show because he really wants to be on but he's a busy guy. And it just didn't work out for our schedules to have Mark join us on the Bottom Line show before the Casting Crowns movie came out. As a matter of fact, we were hoping he was gonna be on with us yesterday for Movie Monday. Didn't happen, okay. So the film releases on Thursday, November 30th, hundreds of screens nationwide. Well, the guys at Casting Crowns were cool enough to say, look, we're sorry Mark couldn't make it to the Bottom Line show, but can we give you not one, 
not two, not three, not four, but five pair of tickets to give away to the movie. I said, of course, I'm no bottom line listeners love Casting Crown's music. Even though, <laughs> because of some copyright legal stuff, we don't play any Casting Crown's music here as bumper music. That's a long story. The whole music industry, it's gotten crazy with regard to what you can and can't play. Look at the Hall & Oates lawsuit, for crying out loud. There's just so many crazy things going on. But we can't give you movie tickets. And so the phones are open. We're going to give these away until they're gone. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. The Casting Crowns movie called Home by Sunday features Mark Hall, their lead singer. By the way, if you've noticed, you know, in recent years, if you've gone to a Casting Crowns show, Mark did color his hair a little bit. <laughs> Recently, I've seen some publicity pictures. He's embracing the gray, and it looks fantastic. The hair, the goatee, it looks fantastic. Uh, you'll see, you won't see that in the movie, <laughs> but you will see really great music and ministry and the whole story of how Casting Crowns came to become Casting Crowns. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five pair of tickets to see Casting Crown's movie Home by Sunday, which is in theaters on uh, Thursday, uh, November 30th. Mentioned racial reconciliation and things that we in the body of Christ can do to uh, to help, uh, you know, kind of move forward. I mean, you, you when you're talking about anything that has to do with racial reconciliation, first of all, you have to recognize the wounds of the past and the sins of the past. I mean, it doesn't do anybody any good if we aren't willing to at least have that conversation. Secondly, then, we need to move forward knowing that as we move forward, we do so, first and foremost, as Christians, sharing the love of Christ, knowing that we are sinners who have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and that one of the hallmarks of our lives are we are forgiven of our sins, and so we need to be people who, first and foremost, um, to be people who are forgiving. There has to be a measure of forgiveness. Yes, there were some things that happened in the past. Do they represent everybody of a certain ethnicity? No, of course not. But do we just whitewash over the problems of the past? Of course, we can't do that either. I think that's one of the reasons why the whole uh, critical race theory thing is blowing up in people's faces because it's okay to be critical of the way race relations have been handled, but critical race theory basically assumes, the whole 1619 project, that every Anglo-European settler who came to the United States from, or what is now became the United States, from Europe, did so with an era of white superiority and white supremacy and to try to keep black people enslaved and that all whites basically are, uh, are racist and all blacks are, have been oppressed. And it's, just, it's, it's silly. But it's amazing how many people will, in fact, believe that if you keep telling them to them enough times. So case in point, um, it was rather surprising to see an announcement made recently that actually um, harkens to this whole idea. And that is, Major League Baseball, rather quietly, to very little fanfare, announced last week that the 2025 Major League Baseball All-Star Game will be held at Truist Field in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, Truist Field will be 
if it's not already the brand new stadium for the um, uh, the Atlanta Braves. Perennial uh, going great. The last time the Braves hosted the Midsummer Classic was in 2000. There are 30, 32 Major League Baseball teams. No, maybe it is 30, 5555. And um, that means that every 30 years, in theory, Major League Baseball teams should be able to host an all-star game. For example, my beloved California Angels held the, uh, hosted the all-star game in 1967. That was the first year that the Angels played at the Big A, and Major League Baseball wanted everyone to see baseball played in Orange County. Haven't hosted the All-Star Game again until 1989, which was to coincide with the Orange County, California Centennial. By my count, the Angels are long overdue to host the All-Star Game. I don't think they've held one since 1989, and they would have been due by 2019. Atlanta held the Midsummer Classic in 2000 and was to have held it again in 2021. But as you'll remember, there was a big hue and cry in Atlanta over the so-called Election Integrity Act. Remember that? The Election Integrity Act was passed by the predominantly majority Republican legislature in Atlanta, their House and Senate, and signed by Governor Brian Kemp that basically put restrictions on voting access that tightened up a few loose screws with regard to the polls and early voting and mail-in voting and uh, citizenship, et cetera, et cetera. Prior to that, in 2020, in that presidential <laughs> election and then the subsequent runoff for the two senatorial seats, Georgia was a state where basically anybody who was a Democrat could just show up in the state, register to vote, vote, and then go home. You didn't even have to really prove your residency. The Election Integrity Act of 2021 required voters to prove their residency. And the left went nuts. Remember Stacey Abrams, the failed gubernatorial candidate in 2017, who was also the failed gubernatorial candidate in 2022? This is going to throw black people back to the Stone Age. This is going to send us back to the Civil Rights Act. President Biden actually called this Jim Crow on steroids. Well, you know what happened? Eventually, there was so much pressure on Major League Baseball to do the politically correct thing, quote unquote, that they wound up moving the game to Denver. Yeah, that's right. Colorado, a bluer than blue state that's far more left leaning than Georgia was. But the idea was, well, these election laws, if you don't overturn these, remember they were going to cancel the whole filmmaking industry because of these pro-life abortion bans? Well, you know what happened? The election integrity law actually took effect in 2021. It was in place for the 2022 midterms. And guess what happened? The voter turnout was the highest it's ever been in the state of Georgia. The number of registered voters who were actually able to vote, election integrity worked. Election fraud down to a minimum. Some of those things like Joe Biden was saying, oh, they're trying to make it impossible for you to vote because they're, they're tightening up the restrictions on what time you could vote. Basically, one of the loopholes that the election integrity law in Georgia actually tightened up was when the polls were open. The polls were open, quote unquote, regular hours, but the regular business hours were never clearly defined. The Election Integrity Act established them as nine to five. Joe Biden then lied to the American people and said, they're cutting off the time. They're going to make it harder for you to vote. Wasn't true. 
Black voter turnout, highest it's ever been in the state of Georgia. Democrat turnout, higher than it's ever been in the state of Georgia. And let these Democrat yahoos lied to their constituents and said, this Election Integrity Act is voter fraud and, and, and the Republicans are trying to steal the election. So here we are, four years after that debacle, two years from right now, the 2025 Major League Baseball All-Star Game will be held in Atlanta. And you know why? Because Major League Baseball overreacted and they were wrong. Will they ever admit they're wrong? No. But you know the truth, and I know the truth, and that's really all that matters. We'll put the put our article up at the bottom line, show.com. Now, what happens when a couple of friends of different ethnicities, different ethnic backgrounds, start having a conversation about race, start having a dialogue about what it means to disciple one another outside of the, uh, we'll color outside the lines, if you will. Michelle T. Sanchez has discovered through her own journey that it is impossible to separate racial discipleship from relationship with God. When we choose to courageously resist racism, we discover opportunities to encounter God in a fresh new way. And she writes about her experience in doing this in a brand new book called Color Courageous Discipleship. Follow Jesus, dismantle racism, and build beloved community. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Michelle joins me next to discuss it. Coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to have, a, I think, a fun and helpful conversation about an important topic, too, and that's the issue of what a lot of Christians have been wrestling with, especially in the past four or five years, the, the issue of racism, how we build community within the church, how we can kind of... Uh, not be color blind, but at the same time be color conscious. And Michelle Sanchez is with me today here on the bottom line. She's the author of a brand new book called Color Courageous Discipleship Follow Jesus, Dismantle Racism, and Build Beloved Community. It's a brand new book. We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. Michelle T. Sanchez, welcome to the bottom line show. I am so excited to be here. Thank you, Roger. Well, we are thrilled to have you here as well. She's the executive minister of discipleship of Evangelical Covenant Church, which is a multi ethnic denomination of 875 different congregations. Can you help us understand what it means to be, to do that? Because I've heard pastors on both sides of the aisle saying, yes. I like to have multi-ethnic you know, ethnic churches and we don't think it's the right thing. Talk about what the discipleship for well, the Evangelical Covenant Church is all about. Well, one of the things that I love about the Evangelical Covenant Church is that we were doing diversity before it was trendy, PC, right. the cool thing to do, mm -hmm. because we believe it is what God has called us to. Amen. And, you know, when we look at the scriptures, we do see this beautiful vision of God um, creating an incredibly diverse uh, creation in the Garden of Eden followed by with Abraham and the call to bless all the peoples of the world, all the nations of the world. Jesus called us to make disciples of all the peoples of the world. And then of course, in revelation, all the way at the end, we see every tribe, tongue, and nation around the throne. So this is a godly vision. And it is something that you know, we are to strive for in one way or another. Not everybody comes, of course, from a very diverse place or community necessarily, but we need to understand the heart of God. You know, I appreciate what you're saying about the heart, because I remember having a conversation with the venerable John Perkins uh, not too long ago, and he was had written a book on the fact that he says, the way we're going to solve this problem is start with the church first. 
you know, to take Amen. a look at the issue. And I, I've so respected him for saying that. And guys like Tony Evans have been saying mm -hmm. that too. I, I love when he says, God takes care of the church house before the White House. You know, I mean, stop, <laughs> trying to, stop, stop trying to go after this from an election standpoint or a yes. political standpoint and say, let's take a look at who we are. And, and one of the things you do write about in the book, Color Courageous Discipleship, is that very issue of, you know, racial discipleship as it is. Yes, That's yes. A, it was a new term to me. Help our listeners understand what you mean by that. Oh my, well, see the fact that it's a new term for you and for many people, racial discipleship immediately calls attention to what the problem is here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so we have not really been making clear connections in our church between following Jesus and resisting racism. Okay. Yeah. We tend to view those things in very different categories. Oh, one is about discipleship. One is about justice, right? But, but really, you know, these things are meant to go together. Followers of Jesus are meant to bring shalom and reconciliation to the world in every possible way. Yes. And so, so this is what we are called to. This is what we're all about. Um, and I've been a discipleship leader for many years, but the reality is I, even I wasn't making clear connections between following Jesus and resisting racism. And I realized, oh man, there is a big hole in the way that we've been doing discipleship. You know, most discipleship one-on-one textbooks, there isn't a chapter on race. Right. There's a chapter on worship. There's a chapter on prayer. There's a chapter on Bible, but you probably not find a chapter on how to relate well to people of other races. And so this points to a big problem we've had historically for quite a while. We need to be discipled around matters of race too. I'm talking with Michelle T. Sanchez today here on The Bottom Line. She's got a brand new book on racial discipleship. It's a great concept. It's a wonderful theme. The book is called Color Courageous Discipleship, Follow Jesus, Dismantle Racism, and Build Beloved Community. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Michelle, we, as we're talking about race and talking about racism and, and ways that we can stand up, again, guilty as charged, how many times have we all heard you know, something about racial you know, uh, disparity and the first thing we think of is justice as opposed to discipleship. Yes. And I think once we retrain our brains and move in that direction, then we ask and answer questions. Like, for example, there are a lot of people who would say, well, when it comes to race, I mean, is that, is that even a biblical concept? I mean, we talk about race necessity, and I think a lot of people kind of toss yes. those terms around. Help us understand, is race a biblical concept? Oh, my goodness. Okay, great question. So um, the answer is essentially yes and no. <laughs> okay, fair um, enough. And what it, what it gets down to, uh, Roger, is the difference between two words, one being race and the other being ethnicity. So here's the thing, race, as we understand it today uh, with these harsh colors, black, white, red, yellow, you know, th these are um, man-made ideas, a man-made construct, which um, was originally created in an effort to, for one group to exert power over another group. And we can look back historically and see when these terms arose and how they came to really categorize our whole society in terms of power structures, all the way back to the colonial times um, and through the development of American society. So race, you know, you won't find black, white, you know, in the Bible, right? Those, those ideas, those terms. But what you will find is ethnicity you will find ethnicity in the Bible, mm -hmm. um, ethnicity, ethnic culture. It's a beautiful God designed gift designed by God himself to bring glory to himself and enrichment to his whole kingdom. 
And I spoke earlier about how we can see that beauty all throughout the scriptures and how at the end of time, all of the nations, all of the ethnicities will be bringing their treasures uh, into the kingdom of God. And we're going to celebrate that. So there's this beauty that we want to celebrate when it comes to ethnicity, but when it comes to race and racism, these are things we want to dismantle in Jesus name. I, I love the fact that I talk a lot about this on the bottom line. The reason we call the program the bottom line is we want to take what the issues are, sort through what they aren't, focus on yes. what they are, and then be able to say, look, uh, we believe in cognitive dissonance, especially in the church. We should be able to hold on to two different thoughts at the same time, right? We should be able to say, yes. look, there's a difference between race and ethnicity. Ethnicity, embracing the different ethnicities is a healthy thing. Racism isn't. And so the idea that we can handle the two of those is a, it, it's a very plausible concept here, and it, it should be a reality in the church. I'm talking with Michelle T. Sanchez today here on the bottom line about her brand new book called Color Courageous Discipleship, Follow Jesus, Dismantle Racism, and Build Beloved Community. I'm going to ask you a loaded question, Michelle, but I know you yes. know the answer to it already. So <laughs> here, here it comes, because I'm sure you get asked this a lot. And that is, what do you say to the person who says, okay, I'm a Christian. I've grown up around different people of different backgrounds, different races, ethnicities, whatever you want to call it. And I don't see color. I see the person. How, I mean, how yes. do you respond as a Christian to say, well, let me tweak your thinking just a little bit on that. Yep. Well, first of all, let me say um, being colorblind is progress over being blatantly racist. Wouldn't, yes, wouldn't you agree okay. with that? <laughs> Absolutely. That's a very fair place to start. Sure. Oh so my. first thing, uh, frankly, that I like to do um, with that kind of statement is to affirm, right? Here's somebody that understands that um, there are many people that treat racial difference with prejudice and bigotry and who make too much of racial categories right. in those ways. And so they're trying to do something intentional in how they view people uh, to lead to a place of equality. And, and that's the heart behind colorblindness or the sense of, I don't see race. Um, so there's, there's good intention behind it, which I like to affirm. Here's the thing though, what we've been coming to realize in this generation is that we still have racial inequality in, in pretty much every category we can measure in our society, whether it's education or criminal justice or healthcare or employment or wealth creation, we have massive disparities by race. And so we still have, um, incredible racial inequality, but we don't have any racists. (laughs) How is that possible? (laughs) Right. I mean, basically everyone's like, Hey, I don't see color. Um, and, and that's good, but we still have massive racial inequality. What's going on there? And so what we're learning, there's actual research behind this now, is that colorblindness actually leads to more racial inequality. It leads to that. Why does it lead to that? Because people who can't see race also can't see racial inequity as easily. They'll sort of miss it. And they won't be as interested in really taking a look at racial disparities. And so, um, so this is the conundrum that we face, right? Yeah. Um, again, I, I think the, and this is why I, I wrote this, this work, encouraging people, hey, colorblindness is okay, but there's something better. Let's move from colorblind to color courageous. And what I mean by that is choose to courageously see color for the purpose of building a beloved community, of pursuing equality, 
of pursuing that kind of community that God intended for us. Boy, that's beautiful, insightful, and may I say very loving and caring conversation <laughs> that we're having right here with Michelle T. Sanchez today here on The Bottom Line, because obviously when you have this dialogue with people who either didn't realize that these were their patterns, and this is what was kind of entrenched in their thinking, or people who maybe took the next step. I mean, as you mentioned, the, the person who says, I don't see color and winds up being a bigger racist than somebody who does. <laughs> you know, if that's, that, you and I both know examples of that. Hey, let's take a quick break here. Yeah. We'll, we'll, the book is called Color Courageous Discipleship. Follow Jesus, dismantle racism and build beloved community. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, we we kind of need 90 seconds or a couple minutes here to kind of catch our collective breath and maybe heal up some of our wounds uh, that have come from friendly conversation, of course, but are like, yikes, I got some work to do on the other side of this break let's talk about some of the steps we could take the ways some simple ways that are not necessarily easy but they are very simple in terms of ways that we could start addressing this issue and have more color courageous discipleship not just color conscious discipleship more of my conversation with michelle sanchez in just a moment as the bottom line continues you can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds wilson financial has simply better alternatives the last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, a good Super Tuesday conversation with Michelle Sanchez. Michelle is an author, she's a speaker, a couple of master's degrees to, degrees to her credit. She currently serves as discipleship and evangelism leader of the Evangelical Covenant Church, which is a vibrant multi-ethnic denomination, nearly 900 congregations nationwide. Uh, her brand new book is called Color Courageous Discipleship, Follow Jesus, Dismantle Racism, and Build Beloved Community. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one but two copies of this book we're giving away today. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. the number to get you through to the bottom line. More of my conversation with Michelle Sanchez coming up next as the bottom line continues. Michelle T. Sanchez is my guest today here on the bottom line. I'm Roger Marsh. She's the author of a powerful new book that I highly recommend, giving it two thumbs way up for everybody on myhopenow.com. You saw my thumbs go up. They're not terribly (laughs) big, but they're right in front of the camera. Uh, The book is called Color Courageous Discipleship. Follow Jesus, Dismantle Racism, and Build Beloved Community. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Michelle, during the break, we were talking about that concept of beloved community. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a number of people, predominantly, just full transparency, predominantly in the more progressive circles of Christianity, use that term beloved community. I don't get the sense, though, that the way you write about it in the book, Color Courageous Discipleship, that it is kind of a Christian left type of mentality, but more of just a biblically based thought. Talk, oh, about what yes. you, talk about what you mean by by building beloved community. What's that beloved community look like? Yes, thank you. So yeah, for me, uh, beloved community is the end goal here. 
you know, at the simplest level, you got to ask yourself, okay, what is the difference between a secular approach to racial reconciliation and anti-racism and a Christian approach, a Jesus-centered approach? And the answer really is Jesus. And what was his highest priority, his highest command? It was love. It was love. And, you know, uh, the concept of beloved community comes to us from Dr. Martin Luther King. And he talked about beloved community increasingly toward the end of his life as his ultimate dream. And he did not get more time, you know, to really expand upon it. But this is one of my favorite quotes of his. He says, I do not think of political power as an end. Neither do I think of economic power as an end. They're ingredients in the objective that we seek in life, a truly brotherly society, the creation of the beloved community. And what I love so much about this quote, listen, it reminds us, Dr. King was a pastor first. Right. He was a pastor first. And he wanted to make clear, look, justice, politics, economics, yes, these things are important, but ultimately what is most important is the love of God that we would encounter the love of God together, that we would show one another the love of God together. That is the ultimate goal. And he's getting that, of course, from Jesus. Amen. Amen. And that what a great concept to have in terms of how do we approach this and how do we step into this? Talk to those of us who are here. Now, I mentioned uh, yeah, in yeah. the earlier segment that we were talking about uh, racial discipleship. And, and you said, wow, that's, I mean, I, I'm sorry that you are not as familiar with that term. Now that we know what the racial discipleship is, the beloved community that you write about in Color Courageous Discipleship, which is up at the yeah. bottomlineshow.com, what are some practices that we can begin with? Because I know a lot of people, let's face it, you know, mm-hmm. whenever you're asking them to change a deeply and sincerely held religious belief, you have to ask the question, well, why am I doing this? Is this because of the society? Is this because of political correctness? Or is this really me getting into a deeper level of spiritual awareness and relationship yes. with God? Uh, Michelle Sanchez, how do you respond to that? So I encourage everyone, let's do justice with Jesus, justice with Jesus. On the one hand, it is a very simple idea, (laughs) Uh, but on the other, it's challenging for a variety of reasons. So my first encouragement is that whatever it is that we're doing to pursue racial reconciliation, always think about how Jesus is our model for that how he engaged in connecting with the marginalized, um, preaching the kingdom of God in a holistic way. Just keep tying everything back to Jesus. Now, um, the reason I say that it can be a little challenging is because I think that a lot of the resources out there remain sort of dichotomized. You find great resources about Jesus and a lot of great resources about justice, but not enough making the connections between the two. So listen, I do my absolute best in the book. One of the things that I do at the end of every single chapter is give a list of further resources, further places to go that make these kinds of connections that we really need. So, um, so yeah, check out the reading list is what I'd say. Yeah. That's a good place to start. You know, I think about my days at youth ministry and there was a group uh, that had a, a site called the center for center for parent youth understanding. And they had a little mantra that they used for parents who were trying to help understand the world their teens were. And I found it served me very, very well in my adult years in dealing with issues like the ones we're talking about. And that is read without reacting and listen without lecturing. Yes. And it's amazing how, and you'd write about this in your book, Color Courageous Discipleship, the fact that 
you can, as you call it, you know, reading and the, re rediscovering the technicolor text, you know, look, take a look at what people are writing about and hear their experiences. I mean, hear with their heart, with your heart. Like, I think sometimes we are in the American church, especially if we're so quick to say, okay, I've got a solution for that. I know a guy, you know, I've got a program, you know, that'll fix this instead of saying, maybe the way we begin to relate to people is just to relate to people, just to let them talk, Amen. you know, to, Amen. To, to, and, and prayer plays a huge part in this too. Uh, Michelle Sanchez, what, how do you recommend we guide our prayer lives? Because I think we could be more, a little more intentional instead of just saying, God, heal the racial injustice in our nation. <laughs> Amen. You know, <laughs> please, big lightning bolt, you know, and, uh, and do right. all the work for us. And, and he works one-to-one, -one, doesn't he, in a yeah. situation like that? Well, I thank you for drawing attention. Um, yeah, there's the, the one chapter in the book is reading uh, in technicolor text, reading in living color. So first of all, get yourself into colorful community. Uh, and make sure your bookshelf is colorful and people speaking into your life are colorful podcasts you're listening to. That is huge. Uh -huh. And then prayer. Uh, one of the things that we don't do well enough, but would really help for this journey is learning to lament. You know, most of the Psalms in the Bible are Psalms yes. of lament. Uh -huh. And what we can do, we, we need to, first of all, understand um, the issue of racism and racial inequality is one of deep pain and brokenness. It's a tragic issue. How do you pray about that? You, you pray through lament, but for a, a lot of reasons, we've sort of forgotten how to do that, or maybe even never learned how to lament. Mm -hmm. And so I talk about, well, what does that look like? How do you learn to connect with God in pain? And I start with your own pain. Okay. We each have our own personal pain of all kinds that we can connect with God on. And then I encourage us to expand that out to the pain of others. And as we engage in that kind of prayer, I think God can do some amazingly transformational work in our own hearts. Hmm. You know, I was thinking about Michelle, as you were talking about the pain and uh, other people's hurts, uh, both of my parents are in the hospital right now. They're 89 years of age. And my mom has a roommate right now who just kind of randomly will moan. I mean, I, I don't know, oh. even if people don't, don't come in and like the nurse will come in and bring her food and she'll say, Oh, and the nurse will say, I didn't touch you. I just literally put the food on the tray. But I think about, you know, the fact that in her world, the way to deal with that is not to say, why are you moaning? I mean, there's some kind of pain that she's dealing with. And it's amazing how oftentimes when it comes to a situation like we're talking about, like this colored, courageous discipleship, oftentimes we might look at this and say, you know, well, I mean, <laughs> sorry, you're hurt, but you really don't have to be hurt. You know, you, you can be better about this instead of saying, wait, I thought scripture says weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. Yes. I mean, isn't that, shouldn't that be our first reaction is to say, gosh, if you're in pain, I'm in pain. Let's figure this out together as opposed to you're in pain, but I don't think you need to be because I'm not comfortable with you being in pain right now. That's kind of the, the That's sense right. I, yeah. You um, know, one of the examples is Jesus. I see him when he goes to Mary and Martha after Lazarus passes mm -hmm. away. Yeah. Uh, they're crying. And he could say, listen, I'm the resurrection and the life. Like, why are you crying? What's right. wrong with you? Uh, get <laughs> yeah. over it. But he doesn't. He joins them in their grief and he cries too. There's something powerful about that connection. Yeah. I'm talking and had a great conversation today here with Michelle T. Sanchez. She's the author of a powerful book that I highly recommend uh, that's called Color Courageous Discipleship. Follow Jesus, Dismantle Racism, and Build Beloved Community. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Michelle, last 60 seconds of our conversation is yours. What encouragement, what exhortation do you mm -hmm. have for our listeners today? Oh, justice 
with Jesus is the call. There's a lot of reasons why we've gotten away from that, but now Jesus is calling us back to the whole kingdom of God. And I pray you'll have the courage to go on that journey. I appreciate the book and uh, we've got the link of course up at the bottom line show.com grateful for the work that you're doing with the evangelical covenant church as well. And we'll put that link up as well. So uh, listeners who want to learn more about this, uh, this uh, color courageous discipleship can do so and be intentional in the way we pray, the way we read and the way we actually engage with other members of the body of Christ in, uh, in fellowship together. Michelle T. Sanchez. Great to get to meet you. Thank you for being with us today here on the bottom line. Thank you so much. And can I just say, Oh, by all means, we already, we find you on social media. <laughs> We've talked about this earlier and now I forgot. So please let us know where we find I would, you on social. Because I would love to connect with your listeners yes. uh-huh. two ways. Uh, you can go to colorcourageous.com, colorcourageous.com for more information or for a free preview of the book, just text the word courage to 44144. Text courage to 44144. Thanks okay. so much. We'll have that information at thebottomlineshow.com as well. Michelle Sanchez, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. Boy, that's a good dialogue. And I'm so grateful that Michelle Sanchez has done the heavy lifting for us. Uh, When you take a look at the uh, conversations included in this book, you're going to be blessed. I know you will. Michelle Sanchez, the author of the book called Color Courageous Discipleship. Follow Jesus, dismantle racism, and build beloved community. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And we have not one, but two copies of this book that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, on the other side of this break, we took a look at how I think the Lord would have us handle a situation like racial reconciliation. What happens in the temporal world when the uh, lawmakers and the note writers and the politically correct people get a hold of this type of situation and they try to do something, especially when they put out something called a racial guide for Christmas holiday decorations and celebrations. Well, invariably they get it wrong and we've got an example of that happening in Michigan. Uh, We'll take a look at it coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and last a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now, $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. My thanks again to Michelle Sanchez for joining me today here on The Bottom Line for a conversation about her book, Color Conscious Discipleship. Follow Jesus, Dismantle Racism, and Build the Beloved Community. Got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Some kind words in there by Ed Stetzer, who is now the head of Talbot Seminary. 
and also Jamar Tisby, who has a great uh, outreach to those in the African-American community. And Michelle's book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. We have not one but two copies of it to give away. 800-227-5278. See, two copies, Super Tuesday, easy to remember. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, before we get into this next story out of Holt, Michigan, I want to remind uh, those who are just tuning in, especially if you're a KCBC listener right now, a uh, couple things. First of all, today is Giving Tuesday. It's an opportunity for you as someone who supports uh, nonprofit organizations to make a donation on behalf of that nonprofit organization. Giving Tuesday, it's, it comes right after Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, whatever it is, Sunday, Cyber Monday, and then Giving Tuesday. Now, all the ministries that you hear on Bottom Line Show affiliates all across the country are nonprofit organizations, whether it be Through the Bible, In Touch, uh, Dr. Uh, Jeremiah with The Turning Point, uh, Alistair Begg and Truth for Life. I mean, the, the list goes on. Jay Seculo, American Center for Law and Justice, nonprofit organizations. Give generously today to support those ministries. But also bear in mind that there is a special matching gift in place today from our friends at Preborn, the preeminent pro-life, sanctity of life ministry for expectant moms who are looking for what their options are. In many cases, they're not necessarily Christian moms. They're, and quite frankly, since 60% of the women who have abortions are already parents and 54% of the women who get abortions are regular churchgoers, the idea that just because a woman is a Christian doesn't necessarily mean she's not going to be pro-life. And so toward that end, preborn takes the ammunition off the table the pro-abortion crowd says go to an abortion clinic like Planned Parenthood and they'll give you quote-unquote counseling and health care you go to a pre-born clinic and what they do is they say hey we'll, we'll show you the ultrasound do the pregnancy test show the ultrasound and then we'll explain what your options are 85 percent of the women who go to pre-born clinics and see that ultrasound image of their pre-born child choose life for the baby they either are going to be raised by mom and dad hopefully at their home or they're going to be released for adoption your $28 donation makes one of these ultrasound appointments possible. And as I mentioned, 85% of the time, that means a child is saved. Their life is saved. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. Perfect time to call here on Giving Tuesday to support our friends at Preborn. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. Or go online to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com and give your best gift today. Now, it's $28 per ultrasound appointment. So... $28 for one appointment, $140 for five, $280 for 10. You can do the math from there. And then they're all doubled. So if you make a $140 donation today, it spends like $280. Make a $1,400 donation today, it spends like $2,800. And don't forget, Preborn also has, I think, one of the best prices around for ultrasound machines. I've seen nonprofit ministries saying, we need to raise $60,000 for an ultrasound machine. And I said, wait a minute. At Preborn, if we raise $15,000, that's one ultrasound machine. $15,000 would be four. How incredible is that? If God has blessed you, and many bottom listeners have contacted us this year and donated ultrasound machines, we've raised close to $100,000 this year for the ministry of Preborn. And I can assure you that $75,000 of that is for ultrasound machines. A $15,000 donation here, a $7,500 donation there. We just had a, when we just announced the November Thanksgiving double match that's in place, we had listeners in Spring Valley who 
came in with a $5,000 donation. Every ultrasound machine can perform 250 ultrasounds per year for a minimum of 10 years. What is that, about $6 per ultrasound screening? What a legacy. What a fantastic opportunity for you to leave an imprint like that. 833-850-BABY. Today is Giving Tuesday. Let's go online to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com and give that tax-deductible donation in support of the Ministry of Preborn. If you're a KCBC listener, I encourage you to go to Preborn and also Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. You can go to drjamesdobson.org. Of course, Family Talk on KCBC happens at 3 o'clock and then we're on at 3.30. But make a generous donation today. You, you will not regret it. I guarantee it. Okay, put that one aside. As we continue, our friends at Liberty Council have been reaching out to the uh, uh, Holt Public Schools in Holt, Michigan with regards to a so-called racial guide that was actually sent to teachers in 2021 and then it was sent again in 2022 and then there was another one that sent for this year as well that talks about decentering Christmas, holiday celebrations, and a racial justice guide. When you hear some of the things that they're recommending teachers do, you'll understand why the friends at Liberty Council are saying, no, you can't do that, guys. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's no such thing on the diversity, equity, and inclusion thing that lets you violate the Constitution. We'll talk about this coming up next as the bottom line continues. Been hurt in an accident, and you're wondering if you should call Stephanie Cover of Cover Law. You must. That's why insurance exists, to cover accidents. So you should use it. Stephanie worked in the insurance industry for over 20 years, and she knows their system, how to talk to adjusters, how they think, and how to get back from them all that you've lost. That could be wages, time, property, or anything else that the accident has taken from you. Every minute you wait hurts your chance to be made whole again, and Stephanie knows that the opposing insurance company is building a case against you, so time is a factor. Stephanie cares about the truth. She builds your case on a rock-solid foundation of honesty. She will give you a clear understanding of what to expect during the process, and Stephanie will ensure that the truth comes to light. If you or someone you know has been in an accident and you're not sure if you need an attorney, reach out to Stephanie Cover now at kbrightradio.com C-O-V-E-R. Welcome back to the Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-227-5278. We've got two copies of Michelle Sanchez's book, Color Courageous Discipleship, Follow Jesus, Dismantle Racism, and Build Beloved Community. We're giving those away today here on Super Tuesday. In addition, we've got not one, not two, not three, not four, but five pair of tickets for the Casting Crowns movie, Home by Sunday. If you're a Casting Crowns fan, they have generously donated these five pairs of tickets to us here on Super Tuesday. And I'd love to send you and your family, or at least you and your significant other, or whatever. we're giving them away in pairs, 800-227-5278. It's kind of like everyone Wednesday on Super Tuesday. Well, yesterday we had a ton of stuff to give away too. How fun is this? I, early Christmas presents for the Bottom Line Show. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line for those Casting Crowns movie tickets. Okay, um, Holt, Michigan School District has received a tough, firmly worded letter. It's a demand letter sent to the superintendent of the schools there regarding their unconstitutional bans on Christmas holiday symbols, decorations, and expressions. 
The so-called Racial Guide was first published on December 3rd, 2021 by the school district's then Director of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion, a guy called Matt Morales, and basically sent an email to teachers and included the following language. Many students, teachers, and staff may express excitement during the upcoming weeks as we look forward to having an extended break and possibly engaging in holiday activities. While this may be an exciting time for many people, others may lack a sense of belonging. As we continue our commitment toward creating a more inclusive learning community with intentional equity work, I want to provide additional opportunities for reflection and growth. Therefore, I ask that you review the meaning of decentering Christmas and the reflection questions provided below. While reviewing this, while reviewing this material, please understand that a diverse display of non-religious celebrations demonstrates support for the winter season and the importance of community. Okay, I'm going to just use a word I don't typically use here on the Bottom Line Show, and I hope you'll hear me out on this. This dunderhead doesn't realize that 95% of Americans celebrate Christmas. Christmas is the granddaddy of all holiday celebrations. More money will change hands at Christmas. I'm not talking about the religious part. I'm just talking about the crass commercialism of Christmas. The idea that somebody might feel left out because they don't celebrate Christmas. I got news for you. Now, I understand the state of Michigan has become kind of the People's Republic of Michigan. It's a bit of a melting pot. And from what I understand, it has the largest contingent of Muslim students in of any uh, set of school districts in the United States. But here's the thing. Most Michiganders who are in public school understand that if you are going to a public school in Michigan, then here are the main holidays you get in addition to the President's Day and Thanksgiving, this, that. And the other thing, you get Rosh Hashanah. You get Yom Kippur. You also get, uh, was it El Ed or whatever, the uh, in Ramadan, in addition to Christmas and Easter. Did you notice that all the major holidays of all three major religions are included? So why are they picking on Christmas? The holiday that, whereas a Christian wouldn't necessarily celebrate Ramadan, or maybe Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah. But if Muslim kids don't celebrate Christmas, they're not going to feel any more left out since it's the largest holiday in the world. Granted, there are billions of Muslims and there are billions of Christians, but in the United States, the vast majority of people who identify with a particular religion identify as Christian, nearly 70% of all adults do. There are approximately three to four million Muslims in the United States. There are approximately six million Jews in the United States. But the idea that, that all of this reflection questions and decentering Christmas, it doesn't mean that we're canceling Christmas. What, the, the practice is not to encourage teachers and schools to ignore holidays, but rather we want to have a race color uh, inclusive approach. Because apparently black people celebrate Christmas differently than Hispanics? No, serious question. And again, I, I, I'll give you Kwanzaa since it was created by a professor at Cal State Long Beach or Cal State Northridge. Serious question. And please drop me an email if you do celebrate, if you commemorate it. How many people do you know celebrate Kwanzaa? See, this is the problem with leftism. If I'm a leftist and I have a friend who's kind of out on the fringe, I automatically assume that if the whole world's celebrating Christmas, my friend's feelings are hurt. 
if everybody thinks that marriage is between a man and a woman and I have a gay friend, I'm going to feel like my friend feels ostracized. I actually follow a couple groups on social media that are people who say we're gay and we don't support, and we support traditional marriage, not same-sex marriage. Even they understand it. They're saying, don't tell us we can't be gay, but please don't tell us the two guys getting married is the same as a man and a woman. It's just interesting and bizarre. We'll put this demand letter up at thebottomlineshow.com so you can have a look at it and pray for the people. I have a granddaughter who lives in Michigan, not in Holt, but lives in Michigan. This is in her backyard. These are the kinds of crazy decisions that public schools are making in the name of, quote unquote, diversity and inclusivity. But it's really violating the Constitution. That's the whole point about uh, the uh, Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. They're all different manner of charges and challenges that Liberty Council are bringing up to the school board. And I pray that they prevail. But please hear me when I say that. I pray that they prevail not because we have to Christianize the culture, but because I believe as people of the Christian faith, it's our job to stand up for what is right and for whose rights are being infringed upon. We should be doing the same thing for people who are in different ethnic groups who are not receiving the full measure of justice that other people do. I still think about the, the time that I uh, uh, had a conversation with a new friend of mine, Cedric Brown, who's a pastor. Oh, he was a new friend then. Uh, he went, grew up in Compton, went to Washington State, African-American guy, played for the Eagles and a couple of the NFL teams, now he pastors a multiracial church in New Jersey. And we were talking about what it was like to grow up, our, our shared experiences. I was born in Whittier, not too far from Compton, and they grew up in Orange County. And he was describing things that happened to him that never would have happened to me in a million years. The way police roughed him up and, you know, forced them to get out of the car on a hot day for no violation and put their hands on the hood of the car. You know, just crazy things like that and it opened my eyes to the fact that people have different experiences that we need to be more empathetic about but the whole DEI thing seems to be putting people into boxes and trying to de-emphasize things that are actually good so thank you Liberty Council for standing up for the school children of Holt Michigan with regard to celebrating Christmas the way it should be celebrated whether you're secular or a Christian that is good news and that's the bottom line for our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon and Rabbi Schneider with Discovering the Jewish Jesus, which is coming up next. For those who remain with us on the network, have you ever wondered what your spiritual gifts are? Uh, Pastor and author Andy Reese has a brand new book that will help you to figure out what he calls the spiritual gifts blueprint. You'll get into that coming up next since the bottom line continues. Have you ever wondered about spiritual gifts? I mean, in terms of, we hear some people talk about, oh yeah, I'm operating this gift or that gift. And other people would say, I don't know if that's necessarily me, which is usually code for, I don't know how we figure out what a spiritual gift is. And if we don't know, then does that mean we're actually doing the things that God has created us to do? Well, today here on the Bottom Line Show, we're not going to try to oversimplify this, but we are going to have a, a very you know down-to-earth conversation about identifying what your spiritual gift blueprint really is. There's a brand new book out called The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint, God's Design for Your Gifts, Talents, and Purpose. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. The author of the book is with me today here on the program, Andy Reese, who's the founder and president of Freedom Prayer and freedomprayer.org, uh, joins me from... Are, are you in Nashville today, Andy? Welcome to The Bottom Line Show. 
thank you so much. I am in Nashville today. Mm -hmm. Great. What's it like with all the Californians who move in there and want to make Tennessee the new California? <laughs> well, the Texans <laughs> kind of canceled them out. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, that's something you don't hear every day. Texans say, hey, Texan life is supposed to be so wonderful. That's why I'm going to Memphis. But um, it, it is. Well, it's interesting, but I think part of that stirring of the heart, especially for people of faith, is we want to be where God wants us to be, you know, first and foremost. And everybody has that, that sense of purpose that we are all hardwired with. The question is, how do we get there? And you've kind of put together what you call a spiritual gifts blueprint. How, how did this come about for you in terms of ministry and being able to say, I can help you figure out what your gifts are, what your talents are, what your purpose is? Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, why did it come about? And it, it came about um, because I was kind of a college pastor for a while, and the young people were just kind of desperate about finding purpose and, and gifting. And you go, you look, and it's still that true today, you go online and there's 25 different definitions. They're widely variant. And um, you just kind of go, is this even a thing? And mm. most people have, have walked away. Um, I've, I've talked to 200 people at least. And by far, the biggest thing is, well, I tried a few things and it just didn't make sense to me. And I, I guess I've just dropped it. And, mm. and that is that is a, a pandemic across the church, if I can use that term. I have been in charismatic circles, and I've been in cessationist circles, and kind of everybody in between. I've, I've come to the Johnny Cash of Christianity. I've been everywhere, man, you know. And, so, <laughs> and, and it's, uh, it's true across the spectrum. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm that guy who goes, well, we should do something about it. And... Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I, I prayed about it for many years. And then uh, one day I was reading 1 Corinthians 12, just I guess because that's where I was at in my reading. And I stumbled on Paul talking to the Corinthians, and I thought, wait, they have that problem. That's the mm. problem they have. Mm -hmm. Well, what did he say? And I looked at, at just the simple four verses he gave, and um, I, I kind of debunked some of the translations where people translations were certain commentaries maybe and i said oh my gosh paul is talking about concerning the structure of the spirit concerning pneumaticos the, the things of the spirit world and he says to the corinthians i don't want you to be ignorant and i thought well i'm ignorant i should read mm. this and so <laughs> uh and and the next four lines were you know he he just he said look concerning Charisma gifts, that is that your your motivation, the lens you see everything through, there's one Holy Spirit. I went, check. He said, concerning your career, your, your ministry, what, what you're to be doing with that gift, there's one Jesus. I was like, huh, there's a trinity. Okay, let's keep mm -hmm. going. I guess if he's the brain of the body and I'm in the body, then if I try to do it without the brain, I am in big trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. he's the head, but that doesn't mean... It means the brain of the body. And so then he said, and, and there is a, a, and I'm using the word variety or distribution, but that word is crazy good word, of, of energizings of the Father, causing all things to work together for good if you love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. What's his purpose? His purpose is you use your gifting in the work Jesus has for you. Mm. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, that's simple. And then, and only then, do the manifestations of the Spirit factor in. They're, they're not toys. Mm 
they're power tools right. that you need when 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 faith meets need. Hmm. Then, well, that's a great, then, great to, that's a great word picture too. To power tools instead of toys, Andy Reese. I mean, my goodness, I mean, absolutely. That really, really, where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? Yeah, you know, a lot of times some some churches feel like kind of like a bunch of rich men with their power tools in the garage, turning them on and off and demonstrating them, but they don't build anything with them. Right, right. And, and, and in the book, I say, look, those manifestations are ninety eight percent to be used in life, in unshowy, un-God-told-me ways, just in mm-hmm. ways where the person hearing it goes, wow, tell me more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you go, uh, let me listen more, and I'll tell you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and when when we just get the, get the stained glass out of it, it becomes incredibly useful in life, this structure, mm. and, and how it works. Wow. When Paul... In each of the each of the four, he uses this weird Greek word diairesis, and that's a word from Plato, and it's the way that Plato did logic analysis. Plato would mm. take a topic, he would define the outer edges of the topic, so the whole topic, not just examples, but the whole topic was within what he was considering. He would subdivide that topic into subtopics, analyze each one, look at the relationships, and derive knowledge. And what Paul is saying is, I did that analysis for each of these four things. I did that. Deirisis, and there's a deirisis. That word is only used one other time in the New Testament, and it's the word that's used to describe the process the father of the older brother and prodigal son used mm. in dividing up his estate. Mm-hmm. And so it's used tons in, in, the, in ancient language uh, for military divisions, for uh, the animal kingdom. And we use that idea today. Every grocery store is divided up that way. Mm, How do we divide up the vegetable aisle? How do Mm -hmm. we divide what should go in there? Uh, In fact, watching my grandkids pour out their Halloween haul here a Hmm. couple days ago, and they Mm -hmm. started dividing it up. And I said, that's diagnosis analysis. <laughs> there, mm. <laughs> where they put chocolate here, suckers here, and stuff to give their yeah. little brother here, and so it's like, and so so Paul is saying, I've done that analysis, you you Corinthians, and if you will listen to me, these four things, this is the four part structure in which every Christian lives. Mm. Every one of us live in this four part structure, and if you Corinthians will listen, this is going to straighten you out. Wow. And so I spent a long time looking at it and was like, oh my gosh, we, we probably stumble into this without knowing it, but knowing it makes life so much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting talking with Andy Reese today here on The Bottom Line about his brand new book called The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint, and it offers God's design for your gifts, talents, and purpose. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You talked about those four quadrants, if you will, Andy, and I have met somebody we've been doing this. We're in our 13th year of doing The Bottom Line Show, have interviewed so yeah. many different guests who are in ministry. And the vast majority of them are in ministry uh, applications, if you will, that they didn't plan on. You know, there was a tragedy or something like that happened, and all of a sudden, God launched them into a ministry. It's far fewer the times that I meet somebody who is doing what you're talking about. You know, they understand what the spiritual gifts are, they understand what the purpose is, they understand what, you know, that they're moving in this direction. God can work all things together for good, you know, for those who are called according to his purpose, yeah. but you have to ask the question, well, uh, why does it take a car wreck or a, you know, 
burning plane or you know, whatever like that to get us to that point. I mean, yeah. are, are we wise to be more proactive like you're talking about here? Well, I, I think because we kind of don't know it's a thing or we know it's a thing, but we don't know that there's a way to find that thing. Mm. And so God in his grace goes, oh, okay, I'll steer you through a car wreck into the thing. But the, I think the reality is, is and again, I've, I've tested this on at least 200 people now, and, and crazy good results, endorsements across the spectrum from uh, charismatic and well-known prophet wrote the forward to the president of Lisk University's wife, one mm. of the more conservative universities maybe on earth. Um, and so I think, uh, I think the point is we just, we, we just didn't catch what Paul was saying, and I think I stumbled on it. I was a, a stupid guy who stumbled over the log and went, hey, there's mushrooms under here. You tell me that guy. <laughs> And um, but there, but for gifting, for example, the first part, which most everybody's interested in, on the back of the book, there's a gift circle, which is a, a the color version of a tool, and really with two questions, there there are seven uh, primary colors of spiritual gifts. There there's not just seven gifts. There's a billion variations, but just like the colors, there's how many colors is there a billion? But there's seven primary colors by which we can describe all of them. That's what Paul was doing. He was describing a wide variation of gifting um, in seven primary colors. And uh, it caused me to create a, a color wheel where you can find your arc in the color wheel. And there's no lines in it. You, you can be mostly this and some of this. I'm mostly exhorter and part teacher. Um, but you can do it with two easy questions. And that's that to me is the fun part. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful that we have this opportunity to have this conversation today here with Andy Reese. He's the author of the brand new book called The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint, God's Design for Your Gifts, Talents, and Purpose. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But the first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, you know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else. Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. Andy Reese is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. We're talking about the spiritual gifts Blueprint, and it's a book that's up at thebottomlineshow.com. God's designed for your gifts, talents, and purpose. Uh, this is such a helpful resource, especially now when more and more people are wondering, you know, what is my purpose? What, how, how do I, does it happen to me, or is it something I could be more intentional about? 
Andy, before the break and then during the break, you were talking about the two questions you were talking about that kind of helps frame all of this in terms of utilizing the, the wheel and the, and the yeah. framework of this book. Let's talk about those questions, if you would. Yeah, yeah. So they have to do with charisma gifts, and there's two kinds, speaking and serving. So the first question is, and I'll do it very briefly, but I, I drag this out when I'm teaching because it's so fun, but um, the question is, the, a person is giving a, a speech to the city council. They had to cancel the last minute. Would you be willing to give the speech? And then stop. What are you feeling? Well, if if your gifting is speaking, you'd feel nervous. But yeah, I, I could maybe do it. You know, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. But mm -hmm. if your if your gifting is not speaking, you are you are H. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and don't ask me again. That would kill me, right? And your friends right. would go, yeah, don't do. That. And so so now that's there. So now, if it's speaking, you ask the question, if you could give one sermon on a Sunday, would it be, we're a really great church, and here's something that, that we could do better and be even a greater church, that would mean your, your motivation would be prophecy, which is, is right and wrong. What, where's what's missing? If you say, there's this amazing structure in Scripture I want to show you, it's a life changer, that's teacher. A teacher is what's true and false, and, and I want to give you that. Or if you're an exhorter, it's, um, I want to bring up people here who we don't ever see because they're always in the background. And today is the day we're going to embarrass them together. So they don't know <laughs> I'm doing this. Uh, block the exits and bring them up. And so if that's you're the exhorter, the one who encourages. And so you can you can um, find that, and then you just kind of start there. Now, if it's if it's on the serving side, <laughs> then the question is: You're part of a wait staff, big table, the drinks are late. A waiter comes, bring the drinks. They trip, they fall. All the drinks go crashing on the floor. Oh, no. You're standing there. Would you, A, go to the person and say, this could happen. Hey, blah, 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 blah. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Would that be your primary thing you do first? Would it be to go to the mess? This is a mess. There's glass and water under their feet. We got to clean up the mess. Mm -hmm. Or would it be they ordered drinks, and we got to go back to the kitchen and comp these drinks and get into them. We owe them drinks, mm. right? Mm -hmm. All three of those things are right. If you're the one who shows mercy, you go to the person. The one who serves would say, I go to the mess. And the one who gives says, I'd go to the kitchen, get more drinks. Hmm. Their first impression, and it's, it's really been accurate. Yeah. And well, then, okay. then, then if somebody just gives you a quizzical look and say, well, I could do any of those things, but really, we need somebody to organize it. You go, you're the leader I'm looking for. Right? <laughs> so, so the one who leaves. And wow. and it's been very very fun to do that with kids. They I, I could we don't have time for stories, but oh, I have a wonderful bunch of stories. Oh, I'll bet I'll bet Andy Reese is my guest today here on the Bottom Line. The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint is the name of the book, and it's a key to helping you understand God's design for your gifts, talents, and purpose. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Andy, we have a lot of people who listen to the Bottom Line Show on a regular basis who are nearing the end of the working world time they're getting up toward uh, either retirement age or maybe transitioning this that and the other thing and i you know if they're like me and a lot of people our age they're looking at this and saying okay well i never really gave this much thought you know i didn't go to a charismatic church so i didn't think about spiritual gifts and that type of thing or whatever you know their their misinterpretation is and now they're coming to this season of life and saying, I want to make sure I'm walking in my spiritual gifts. What recommendation do you have to somebody, say, in their 50s or 60s or even 70s, who says, you know, well, Andy, I've never really thought about this before? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 70 when I wrote this book, so mm, okay. um, th there you go. I would say that 
It is a new free period in your life. And it is the perfect time to say, where should I be focusing my time? If you get a sense of your gifting, then you say, Jesus, will you show me? Will you show me opportunities? Because when you're retired, you can say yes to almost anything. Right. And God, you're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand for you to walk in. Ephesians 2.10. He doesn't say when you're under 40 in that verse. Mm -hmm. And so there are works prepared for you, ready and waiting with your name stamped on them, that Jesus is going, come on, come on, let's go. I'll go with you. And we never do things for God. We do things with God. Mm-hmm. And that's the important point is you might be old and say, I don't know if I'm qualified. God makes you qualified because he's with you. And if anything, you've learned to say, God, I have to depend on you. I, I've made so many mistakes. And God's like, let's go, boy. We got time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, look at all the people he called after they were really old. Moses, uh, for example. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's, uh, I've tested it on old people. Um, our, our little small group is all old people, and they've all said, this has been really helpful for me. Mm. So well, I love that. That is encouraging to know. Uh, t- take the last few moments of our time together, Andy, and, and help us understand what this looks like. I mean, we mentioned the, you know, the writings and the teachings of Paul. I know you have a graphic in the book that, uh, that helps us kind of see all of this play out. Uh, talk about that, if you will. Yeah, so, um, so the four part is I have a gift. And, and I can kind of zero in on the gift with the little gift circle and the questions. Then you say, okay, Jesus, you have works prepared for me, Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 4 talks about that. And the book talks about how you walk into that. But really, you start paying attention. You just, you, you connect with Jesus. Remember, we do things with Jesus, not for Jesus. And right. so I said, Jesus, would you begin to show me? And you pay attention and you take a risk. You, you just, you say, this seems, in, in Acts 15, they made the biggest decision in the church, law or grace, and they said, it seems good to the Holy Spirit to write this. Seems good is fine. <laughs> you don't have to be yes. certain. And mm-hmm. so you just say, I'll do this. And you start walking there, and you begin to notice. At the airport in Nashville, there's a people mover uh, that you get on, and, and it, it takes you the long hallway. They're not walking faster on that people mover, but they are moving faster. Mm. And that is what it looks like when the Father says, you're ready, I'm ready, let's go. Let's have Mm -hmm. fun together. I've prepared things for you, and I'm going to cause everything to work together in these years for you, because you love me. Mm. And you're saying, Father, I want to do what you're purposing in me. You're called according to my purpose. Then the manifestation of the spirits. I suddenly know something I shouldn't know. I suddenly speak something I should. uh, You know, the things where, where the Holy Spirit prompts you at that point in time and gives you kind of a little power tool to use right then and there. You know, if you're on a ladder with a screwdriver, it's going to be a long day. But if you got a drill, it's a short <laughs> yeah. trip. And in the yep. same way, God gives us those power tools right in the middle of it. And all four of those things are yours by birthright. Mm. Those four things, gifts, Jesus and ministry, the Father and energizing, and the manifestations of the Spirit. And Paul to the Corinthians says, guys, these four things in four verses are yours. And this book just looks at those four and lays them out very, very practically for us to walk in. 
Boy, I, I'm so grateful that we came across this resource, and it's been so great to get to know you, Andy Reese. The uh, book, Spiritual Gifts Blueprint, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. God's Design for Your Gifts, Talents, and Purpose. We have a link for that book there, and of course, we'll be giving some away as soon as we wrap up our conversation. But first, let me thank you, Andy, for the work that you've done on this and the 45-plus years of ministry that you've invested into uh, the work that's now made manifest in this book. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about 12-mile bike rides in the future, and as we both keep <laughs> growing old gracefully and athletically. But thank you for the time today here on The Bottom Line. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, and thank you so much for your program. I've heard such good things about it. Well, a great dialogue with Andrew Reese today here on The Bottom Line. And so grateful that we had the opportunity to discuss the Spiritual Gifts Blueprint, uh, God's Design for Your Gifts, Talents, and Purpose. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And following in our multi, uh, multi-volumed theme, uh, we have not one, but two copies of this book to give away. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, Andy Reese, the book is called The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint, God's Design for Your Gifts, Talents, and Purpose. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, kind of a recap of the program today and a reminder about another giveaway that we still have going on between now and the end of the program. It's coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again to pastor and author Andy Reese for joining me today here on The Bottom Line to discuss his new book, The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint, God's Design for Your Gifts, Talents, and Purpose. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We have not one but two copies of this book we're giving away today. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, in addition, we are still giving away those tickets for Casting Crown's new movie. It's called Home by Sunday. It's the story of Casting Crown's, all the great songs, Voice of Truth, Praise You in This Storm. You know the tunes. And uh, it's just kind of the story of how the band came together and has been successful in ministry for these 25 years or so. We have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five pair of tickets. They were giving away to opening day which is Thursday, November 30th. Check your local listings and find out if there's a theater near you that's presenting this movie. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, I think of Mark Hall, the lead singer of Casting Crowns, had a chance to meet a couple of the guys in the band years ago when I was privileged enough to be invited by the Kendrick Brothers to hang out on the set of their movie Courageous. 
they were filming it in 2010 and i got to go to uh what's it uh sherwood baptist church Sherwood, georgia uh to fly into the airport at athens that was kind of a trip think of rem and all the other people who've come through there but in hanging out there and watching this uh this movie and the the, the, the filming of it trying to figure out you know what god's plan for our lives was i mean bottom line was just a, a, a an idea at that point i mean had no clue that there would be the opportunity to have these conversations but i remember thinking about the kendrick brothers the way they put this thing together and then all the people in the church working together as a team and i thought man you could see all the spiritual gifts at play here and you could also tell as they shot a lot of the scenes in people's homes and around the neighborhood and people were making food making costumes doing makeup whatever it was i thought you know when you think about it each of us has a certain number of gifts and talents that we can put into practice here but i i, I categorize these into five different silos if you will uh, there are strengths of course things that we do well that we do better than anybody else does and that's what god wants us to do and then we have weaknesses things that we don't do very well <laughs> maybe somebody else does them uh better than we do and then there are liabilities there's a big difference a weakness is something you could strengthen you could actually, you know, if you're not a great free throw shooter in basketball, for example, you could shoot extra free throws and hopefully improve your skill. A liability is something that God has baked into your DNA that says you're not going to be great at that. Learn how to deal with that. And then there's the issue of the gift and the talent. There are lots of talented people. I think about this whenever I see athletes or musicians or people who, you know, Everybody who plays Major League Baseball was the shortstop or the captain of their baseball team in high school in Little League, right? You have to figure out where you're supposed to play. Talented people all come together to form, you know, uh, different groups and different committees or whatever. But the gifted people, I believe each and every one of us is born with a gift. And the gift is something that only you do. It's unique, as unique as your fingerprint. And blessed is the man or woman who finds the opportunity to operate in their giftedness and when you find out what your gift is and how your spiritual gifts enhance that ultimate gift that god has given you to share with other people you will know that god is doing something special in and through you and then and only then i believe will people look at your good works they'll see your light so shine look at your good works and then give glory to your father who is in heaven isn't that good news that's the bottom line